Here comes La Bata Sola, chasing down bad men. Those who destroy forests and kill animals. Those who pollute rivers and contaminate the earth. Or don't listen to my warnings and capture birds and fish. She punishes them. She consumes their flesh, leaving only bones. She sucks out their blood. Prayers are useless. If you respect life and nature, then you don't need to fear her. Here comes La Bata Sola. This is Monstras. a podcast dedicated to Latin American and Latinx horror, folklore, history, and all things weird. I am Brenda Sal... Salguero. Oh, my God. See, this is... I wish we were recording the video of this so people could... So we could gift that, because that was amazing. (laughs) So, with me today is my faithful companion, <laughs> Orquidia Morales. Hi, everyone. I didn't know what to write. <laughs> it's like, it's I guess like... my co-host works better than my faithful companion. <laughs> I was a faithful companion. <laughs> I, I mean, I loved it, so that's why yeah. I read it, read it. But anyways, we are excited to bring all of you today a cool new monster because today we are talking about La Pata Sola. I'm excited for this one. It's another uh, South American myth so I honestly knew nothing about it until you brought it up. Um, So let's... That's right. I found it. Yeah. You did some digging (laughs) on the interwebs and now we're talking about the Pata Sola. Um, Yes. So let's get into what she is. Uh. So Pata Sola, I'm laughing already because Pata Sola translates loosely to the lonely foot. <laughs> yes, yes, it could, or it could be one leg too, like Pata Sola, yeah. like a one only leg, but the other translation is also a very lonely leg. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. So my mom was like a big stickler, like animals have patas, people have pies. Oh, yes. Yes, my mother, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just opened a... A, a trauma a, memory right there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> so so it is like pata is like saying animal's foot, uh, which will be important when we talk a little bit more about um, the story of the pata sola. But um, yeah, just to make that distinction. <laughs> yes, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're in, in to honor your mother yes. and my mother. Thank you, mothers, for teaching us that pata is animal's <laughs> okay so the pata sola is described as a one-legged woman um she's very pale very thin she's usually wailing and or screaming which who wouldn't be right 
That's me. That's basically is. Are you describing yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. I think this is your bio. Actually, we we must have mixed it up. This is your dating profile. This is my Tinder profile. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach and just you know screaming. Screaming, just constant screaming. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're okay with that. So if you meet Pata Sola, the legend goes, uh, you will be met with a tor- terrible fate. So you have to watch out for her because she will kill you or do something to you. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, She's usually seen in Colombia and Ecuador, particularly in rural areas, which seems to be a lot of the myths that we talk about are in uh, rural spaces. Yes. And some, I mean, we tackle some urban ones, but the, the scary ones are kind of, they seem to be more rural. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, if you put me in the middle of trees, I'm going to be terrified. So Yeah, no, fuck trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as y'all know, we at Monstras love killer women. So we're excited for this one. Absolutely. And especially if it's monstrous women that attack men. That's just chef's kiss. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but this one has a really interesting twist in her origin story that I think makes her different from the other female monsters that we've talked about. Yes. And so we highly recommend the website eCured. They have a great bre- breakdown of the Patasola. According to that source, this is the legend of the Patasola. So hang on tight, let me tell you a story. So there in the jungles, crashing here and there into the shrubs, wanders la- the Patasola. She is the enemy of men, accosted by her own guilt, possessed by the horror of her appearance. Her hate and terrifying nature is never ending. You can see her sad eyes that always look as if she's lost in a faraway land and she has dark tangled hair. She clumsily jumps around on her single leg, hiding into the th- hiding in the thickness of the jungle. She is a companion of the tigers and spiders. The patasola hates water, blue skies, and sunrises. Her kingdom belongs to the twilights and the dark nights in the forest. Sometimes, when she forgets her pain, she sings or waits for the appearance of the moon over the top of the trees. The patasola has the ability to morph as well. She shifts from a horrible woman with feline teeth and swollen eyes to a beautiful young woman. She is a mirage amongst the trees. That's how she attracts men and the unaware travelers. And that's how she devours them. Oh, shit. Let me write it down. And that's how she devours them. Dragging them into the darkness of the jungle. Okay. And that's how she devours them. Dragging them into the darkness of the jungle. Again, this is your Tinder profile, Brenda. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing as I was reading it. She sounds so cool. She hates sunrises. Same. Um, why do we need the sun? Like, wh- what do you think of her? I love her. I think this is awesome. You know, I love that she's, it says she clumsily jumps around on a single leg. Yeah. And the fact that she, like, haunts men and devours them and then drags them into the darkness of the jungle. Like, a monster after my own heart, right? She's so cool, Yeah. And this is, so, Ecuret, Ecuret, the website, is in Spanish, so this is my translation. 
um, which is why some of the words are a little clumsy, but I just love the ableism of it that she clumsily like they made a point to say she clumsily jumps through 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 this jungle like how does she even do that with one leg and i just felt like we had to say that yeah no it makes sense (laughs) because it it does bring an image of her just i guess that's how they see her she's just jumping yeah jumping on one leg and is it clumsy if you can traverse you know a ton of jungle area with one leg I wouldn't say so. I mean, if she survived this long as a creature, she's doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and again, this section where we got from um, Ecuret, the website, and they give a little backstory to how the Patasola was created. Uh, because like many monsters that we talk about, she was once a flesh and blood woman until something horrible happened. Which again, same. Yeah. Same, I'm waiting for same. my something horrible to happen so I can become a myth. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so the legend takes place in, in Colombia the, during the time of Hacendados. So probably around the 1600s or 1700s. During that time, there was a wealthy Hacendado. So Hacendado is a very wealthy rancher or landowner that has a lot of people working under him. Um. So this wealthy Hacendado... Let's call him Juan. I just wanted to give people names so we can kind of keep track of the novella. Because this is a... a, Like, the backstory is such a novella. Okay. It is. Yeah. I would watch the novella of the Patasola. Right? I think that would be interesting. And then have it be, like, most of the story is just her living in the jungle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyway. So, there's this wealthy hacendado. We'll call him Juan. Who wanted to find a woman. But not just any woman, of course, because he's wealthy ranch owner. So he wants to find the most beautiful woman that works for him. Um, so he sent out one of his employees, let's call him Fernando, to find the most beautiful woman amongst the women washing clothes. And this was a detail that was repeated in multiple stories that he goes and looks at women washing clothes and from there picks the most beautiful woman. Wow. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so Fernando, the employee, went and he spotted the woman. We'll call her Maria. The only problem was she was already married. Fernando didn't care, right? Because he had a job to find the most beautiful woman. So he goes back to the boss um, and tells him that the most beautiful woman is Maria. Sometime later, Maria's husband, let's call him Tomas, is talking to his friend Fernando. That's right. So Fernando is friends with Tomas. So, and he hooked up, Fernando hooked up Tomas's wife, Maria, with their boss. Wow. This is a telenovela. Um, so they're talking and Tomas is complaining about how Maria is becoming distant and cold with him and all this sort of stuff. He's just like whining, whining. And Fer- <laughs> Fernando's- As, as you as do. As you do. Fernan- Instead of just talking to her. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Instead of actually confronting and asking her like, what's wrong, honey? Yeah. No. So they're just, you know, complaining about it. And Fernando starts to feel really guilty because he knows that Maria is hooking up with the boss. So he finally tells Tomas, he's like, hey, look, you know, Maria and the boss Juan are hooking up. I set them up. I'm sorry. Um, Tomas, of course, gets really, really pissed, but he doesn't confront Maria. Um, instead, he's like really rational and cold about it, and he decides that he needs proof of it. 
Okay. Yeah. So Tomas tells Maria that Juan, their boss, is sending him on a trip. And uh, he was going to be gone for a while. So Tomas gets on his horse and leaves. Um, but he actually hides in a hill. That's uh, from, wh- wh- from where he can watch the house and a path that connects their house to the landowner's house. So he's just mm-hmm. watching the house. And he hid there until at night there was finally some action. Um, so he's watching them and he saw a silhouette approaching the, along the path and it was Maria. So Maria was walking from their house to towards the, the house of the landowner. Of course, he was super disappointed, but he returned home and went to bed. I don't know, that seems cold, but okay. So he went to bed. Maria came back around dawn and Tomas, her husband, asked her, where are you coming from? You're, you're, you're yeah, supposed I mean, to be yeah. home. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's like, why have you been out so late? Maria, without hesitation, responded that she was out washing clothes. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe in her case, she thinks like washing clothing by moonlight maybe makes them whiter. Maybe. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> we, we don't know. We don't wash clothes down by the river, but maybe it works. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah, so Tomas knew she was lying. Some time went by, um, and his disappointment and sadness turned to anger, so he hatched an evil plan. Um, Tomas, he lets time go by, and he keeps living with his Maria, his wife. He keeps working for the boss. Like, they just, he pretends nothing's wrong until he finally decides to put his plan in action. So, again, he tells Maria, I'm going to be gone for a while to run another errand for the boss. I'm going to be back really late, which is, you know, permission for Maria to hook up with the boss. He hides at the hill at night to see if his wife is going to go out. He waited for a few hours until all the employees of the hacienda went to bed. Then he grabbed a machete and went to the uh, landowner's house. So he went to like the boss's house and he goes into their room and I guess he sees them together. It None of the stories are very clear, but they're close enough. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're not you know holding hands. Yeah, let's just say. Yeah, um. So so he starts swinging the the machete, the machete just doing machetazos and instantly kills his boss. And Maria, obviously frightened and trying to escape, is like you know please don't kill me blah blah blah. But he's so pissed he's with like one slice of the machete, he cuts off her leg, and then he kills her. Um. So the story goes that he was arrested, he went to jail, but he wasn't in jail for very long. Then he was released, went back to his home to be with with his three kids. So it turns out they have three kids. Wow. Uh, But by this point, he had gone crazy. And that night, the first night he was back home, he set the house on fire with the three kids in it. So he watched as the house burned down with his kids in it. And somehow that transitions to the Patasola. Um, so this all this tragedy happened. I guess he was sent back to jail. And then his wife becomes the Patasola. Um, and legend goes that the Patasola wanders around the region, lamenting what she had done and what she caused to happen. And that is the legend of the Patasola. What do you think? So, I mean, my first thought is, wow, the guy gets away with it, huh? Because 
he clear I, it doesn't mention like oh he goes back to jail i mean we assume that maybe he yeah. did but it just his story ends there yeah you know which is so typical of these stories like i i committed these crimes and now deuces yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know especially for men in in these stories when it revolves uh female monsters like they're kind of side characters sometimes a lot of the times but they get away with everything yeah. um and so, and so, yeah, like, the fact that he didn't even spend that much time in jail, and then they let him go, and then you, and then he just commits another three murders of his own children. Exactly, like, that, that's what was wild to me. Like, he, ki- he killed his two people, and he's still allowed to go back to his children. I, honestly, it sounds like if you replace some of the elements in the story, it sounds like just, like, another true crime story that I've listened to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It definitely sounds like a true crime story, except except for the added element that she's the one that becomes a monster. You're right. Like, he's forgotten. The boss is forgotten. She's the one that becomes a legend. Um, yeah. Which is, I don't know if it's like a compliment or if it's not. <laughs> I mean, we can probably, we're probably going to get into that later. Yeah. But it's still kind of messed up that he murdered five people. <laughs> like, yeah. he murdered five people including his own children and you have you it makes me think of la llorona and how she murdered her children and she's cursed to wander this you know the rivers and stuff but he murders his kids and he's just like okay then what happens yeah nothing yeah like if we we believe in souls right his soul's not punished for it her soul is because she that's why she's like trapped right and and exactly. part of the legend is that Patasola is the one seducing men with her beauty, and then killing them. But I don't I don't see why, because she was just hooking up with the boss, and maybe he was maybe he was a good sugar daddy. Like I I don't yeah, know. yeah exactly I don't know or she was compelled and kind of forced to because he was her boss. Yeah. it's actually you know, it's a power thing. So again was who's really at fault here it sounds like she was just kind of a pawn really yeah well and one of the reasons that it's so important that he was an hacendado the boss was an hacendado that usually means that the people that work for him live on his land right so they don't own where they live so again if she had refused him would they have all been kicked out yeah so, no, this makes complete um, sense in that, yeah, that in that there's a weird power play here. And, you know, it's it's weird that she ends up being the, the monster. Yeah. So, there are some variations to the legend of the Patasola, particularly about how she looks. Because, uh, as any folktale, there are many, many versions to a story. So in some versions, uh, the one leg she has actually looks like a tree trunk instead of a foot. The toes. Uh, she has a hoof or a bear claw. She can also run really fast with that one trunk. <laughs> Which again, she's adapted to the forest yeah. and with and, and can very much run. I just love maybe like how big is this tree trunk? Like, <laughs> does she have like big thighs? Yeah, I guess she's got thunder thighs. Like, th- thighs, you know. Well, like thunder thigh. Th- oh, yeah. Th- single thigh. Yeah. Sorry. Single single thigh. 
Uh, some say she also has one boob or just one breast. Her arms are also very long and she has claws instead of hands. And of course, she has untamed, wild, long hair. Of course. Yeah. Why not, right? Um, some even say that she has snakes in her hair, like a Medusa kind of figure. Uh, some say that, or other legends also say that she has big eyes. Some say that they are red. Finally, she has sharp claws instead of regular teeth, much like a feline or like a cat would have, uh, or some sort of animal yeah. creature, right? And in more wild, mild versions of the legend, she appears just to scare people. Others say that she has much more nefarious plants. She is said to seduce men with her beauty, drawing them into an uninhabited or uh, darker regions of the forest or wilderness. There, she turns into a terrifying version of herself and kills her victims. Which, again, sounds like an ideal date for me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't think, Brenda. Moral of the story. <laughs> unless, unless you enjoy this. Like, I don't want to kink shame nobody. Yeah, exactly. If this is what you're into, talk to yeah. me. Um, so according to the USC Folklore Archives, which is one of, like, a great, great, great archive, digital archive online, she might also scream for help and then trap men sucking them completely dry of blood, or just making them disappear altogether. She is also said to have a beautiful and enchanting voice that is said to seduce young and old men. I like how they, and this is from the USC, uh, USC um, Folklore Archives, uh, it's funny that they mentioned young and old men. Yeah, no one is saved from her. <laughs> no one is saved. So... One way to keep her away is to actually surround yourself with animals from the forest. Uh, because I guess she loves nature and doesn't actually want to hurt the animals. So you, you basically you build some sort of like a jaguar fence yeah. around yourself. Because that's, that's super easy. <laughs> but it, it yeah, reminded that's... me a little bit of when we were doing the, the Duen story. Yes. It has a similar... None of the legends that I found talked about... Her protecting nature but I think it was like inferred because of her own animalistic now looks like the the trunk the claws yeah the, the traits the, all the traits um that she would be like a mother nature like a, a distorted sort of mother nature that protects the wilderness yeah and I'll talk about it a little later but yeah there is a YouTube video I found that specifically talks about how she likes to rescue and and save animals so i thought that was really interesting. interesting yeah so let's talk about the history of the region and maybe how that contributed to the birth of this particular legend so various sources situate the legend in the tolima region of colombia this region extends from like the andean mountains uh the central or central anti andean mountains right across the magdalena river valley to the cordillera oriental it's west of Bogota and south of Medellin, or Medellin, uh, kind of in the southwestern area of Colombia, close to the border with Ecuador. Historically, this has been a very agricultural region. They grow rice, sesame, cotton, coffee, corn, bananas, mmm, bananas, and sugarcane and beans. Beans. Um, <laughs> beans, beans. I don't know why beans make me laugh, but because is it because um, they make you toot? 
Did yes, you ever did you ever hear that song? Beans, beans, that crazy fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. Yes, yes, I always sing that song whenever be- someone mentions beans. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> so literally what I sang is I said beans. Um, <laughs> so they also raised livestock, particularly cattle and pigs. So around the 16th century, the Rio Magdalena was a really important transit point or system for people going through the country or other countries. It was colonized around the 1550s. So the original people of the region, the OGs, were called the Biaos. Biaos? Did I say that right? I'm not sure if it's Biaos or Bihaos. Bihaos? Okay. So Bihaos um, or the Koyami, Koya, Koyaima Natagaima. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool rhyme, yeah. though. I like that. There were other groups in the region, but it seems that that was the biggest one. Uh, the Bihaos, uh, which is spelled P-I-G-A-O-S, B-T-Dubs, because that's why I'm confused as to how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I also don't know what their language was like at all. Like, sometimes when we do, like, uh, Nawa or Mayan, we have some sense. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, this one's harder to, to pinpoint how it would have sounded. Mm-hmm. So, the Biaos are really inter- interesting. They had an agricultural society raising corn, yucca, beans, beans again, potatoes, uh, among other things. They also hunted and fished. There's a lot of mines and natural resources in the region, so the Bijaos would use stone and even smelted and worked with gold and copper. They also practiced skull modifications. Wow, this sounds really, they sound like really, really cool, right? I kind of wanted to do more research on them, because the Batasola definitely doesn't come from any indigenous group it's definitely post-colonization because it's part of the um asentado system which was post-colonization um yeah exactly but maybe yeah another episode on, on them because one of the things that i found was that most people thought that this community was dead completely had been decimated uh but in the oh. 1990s they were rediscovered and i hate saying that because they you know it feels like They've I'm Columbusing, um, but yeah, exactly. Uh, in the 1990s, people were like, "Oh, there's still indigenous Bihaos people." Um, so, it I don't think they're definitely not as well known as other indigenous groups. So, it might be interesting to kind of dig into some of their myths too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they sound like a very, very interesting group yeah. from that area. I, I wonder if they were also under. I don't remember. The regions the Inca conquered, but I wonder if they were one of the indigenous groups kind of under their, their purview. Because, you know, you know, the Andi- or the Inca had so many different, uh, what is it, indigenous groups under their empire. Yeah. And everyone was allowed to do whatever they wanted, like, as long as you paid your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> You, could, you didn't have to worship the same gods. You just had to pay, you know, your taxes. You just had to send us money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and taxes were like grains and, and food and that sort of stuff, right? So, and labor mm-hmm. when uh, it needed to, to happen. I, I do want to do at some point uh, a deeper dive anyways into the Inca empire because uh, they're just fascinating as well. So maybe they're both connected in yeah. somehow. That, yeah, that would be cool to dig into. And I just really love the idea that they smelted um, gold and copper. Because, I don't know, that just sounds so freaking cool to just picture yeah. people 
creating these metals uh, because that's one of the reasons that the region was actually exploited as much as it was. They had a lot of mines. So as it goes, right, the, the indigenous people knew how to work with that, but they were also killed off because the region was had so many resources. Yeah, and the Europeans, I mean, they stole so much. Yeah. So many natural resources from Latin America. It's kind of bananas. Yeah. I, I even want to do, well, maybe one of our... Uh, Monsters After Dark, I'll do an episode on one of the things I actually learned in cultural anthropology uh, about the Colombian exchange and how Latin American crops Mm -hmm. defined European cuisine. Like, you wouldn't have chocolate. You wouldn't have the sweetest chocolate, you know, chocolatiers, without Latin America and the exploitation of all those natural resources. Tomatoes, that you wouldn't have that either. So you wouldn't have pizza. <laughs> I like mean, Italian. a life a life without Italian. chocolate is not a life worth living. So you you had exactly. me at chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it's like all these like uh, European cuisines were actually defined by Latin American crops yeah. and Latin American food staples, which is kind of bananas if That's, you think about yeah. it. But anyways, we're off track. <laughs> Just, just a little bit. In. We're just giving a taste of Monstras After Dark. So if you haven't joined our Patreon, this is what you're missing out on. Just weird tangents. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. What a good pit. What a good... Thank ooh, you, bro. I like that. Yeah, we did, yeah. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, one of the articles that I found that talked about Batasola was titled Mythical Imaginary in Rural Agricultural Practices on Properties of La Vieja River Basin, Colombia. Long ass title, but it was it was it was multiple authors, and it was really cool because they were connecting how certain groups were doing um, agricultural. Their agricultural practices were connected to certain animals, were connected to certain myths. Oh, so um, they they only briefly mentioned mentioned La Patasola, so there it wasn't like as fully developed. Uh, but one thing that I found really interesting is how agricultural practices are connected to the moon cycles, which I guess if people are more connected to nature than I am, they are like, duh. But to me, that just, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything yeah. about the moon. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> it, and, and agriculture and growing. <laughs> if you guys know why the moon affects agricultural cycles, please let us know. <laughs> Uh, but the, the moon is also connected to the myths, right? For example, the patasola, the fact that she comes out at specific times during the day or she doesn't like the sunlight, right? She's connected to, to the moon. Um, one of the things that they mention is, that, for example, farmers tend to chop down wo- wood in the dawn or late in the day to make sure the wood will be sturdy and long-lasting. Um, they also try to cut it during the waning of the moon, so it's not just when the moon is out, but a specific phase of the moon. Cool. Uh, one of the people they interviewed says, quote, the wood is cut during the waning and in the morning before 6 a.m. I have wood from 100 years ago that my dad cut and some that I cut 20 years and it still doesn't have any rot. Um, huh. So there might be some connection, too, between men seeing the patasola if they're, you know, chopping wood or if they're picking crops or um, watering crops during that um, dusk to dawn Time period, overnight period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, it's this is before electricity. Mm-hmm. 
And some of these rural regions still don't have electricity even to this day. So, I mean, you can imagine how truly dark the forest is and how truly terrifying mm-hmm. that is until you experience it. And I'm sure people who go camping and stuff have experienced it. I have when I, when I go camping, the rare and few times <laughs> I do because I don't actually really enjoy it that much. Um, because I am not an outdoor person, because I don't know what the hell is in those, you know, woods. I don't know what's there. I know there's crawling things, and no internet, and uh, not a bed, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not, not my jam. Yeah. Not quite my jam. <laughs> but it, 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 I think, it, yeah, it makes sense that they would see her have, like, a tree trunk for a leg, right? Because they are looking, they're combining the images that they see of nature with the myths that they've um, grown up with. Um, so I I thought that was really cool, um, and kind of helpful in in connecting to what is the meaning of the Batasola, right? Like the myths have, uh, an origin point. They're born out of what we don't understand, out of what we're afraid of, right? So if we're afraid of the dark because we have to be out in the dark to chop wood, then we create these things to explain, um, those fears. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of being in the dark, I wonder, I was trying to think of like how they would light their way. And I'm wondering if it ha- it also has to do with like the light of the moon, mm-hmm. allowing you to actually see yeah. certain parts uh, as opposed to, because why would you bring a candle or some sort of like fire implement into, into the f- jungle? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just burn the whole place down. Why don't you? And waiting moon is like it's still pretty bright. Gotcha. So that makes sense. Yeah, so it makes sense. So it's dark, but it's also not too dark. So I can imagine. I can imagine them even mistaking a tree trunk for a woman. I see things all the time. I I told you the story of how I one time when I was really young, and not even that young. It's no excuse. <laughs> I said hi to a. To a trash can thinking it was my my neighbor. <laughs> I mean, you don't think very highly of your neighbor. <laughs> well, I thought, well, I thought he was, I thought he was just wearing a blue shirt, but it turned out it was a blue trash can. So it also, was a big, one of those big... please tell me you wear glasses when you drive, because this is terrifying. No. no, I wasn't even driving, girl. I was, I was, no, I, I was know, but my house. If, if you can't see when you're walking slowly next to somebody... Or something. You should wear glasses when you drive. No, no, no. Okay, so it wasn't even like... He was a couple houses down. Like, maybe two houses down. Uh I came out of my house, you know, kind of in the periphery. Thought I saw him. Turned around to start saying hi. Realized it was a trash can. Okay. That makes a lot more (laughs) sense. I just pictured you looking directly at the trash can going, Hey! Yeah, like peripheral vision makes things more terrifying because you can see just like a little bit of movement or a little bit of something and you just, your brain does the rest of the filling in. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I can see them maybe mistaking, oh, look at that woman over there and it's like a tree trunk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could totally see that. Um, Yeah, I I could do that easily. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh, there's a trash can. (laughs) Hi. Hi, neighbors. (laughs) Um, so some of the meaning behind Patasola, um, we, we found this article called the Patasola, 
Archetypal Roots of Feminine Identity and Exile in a Colombian Myth by scholar Inés de la Osa Izquierdo. And she explains how the myth of the Patasola is connected with, unfortunately, but not surprisingly, to patriarchy. Yes. So. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So, for example, she says, we have to realize that the story was created for and is from the point of view of men, right? Like, it was not a woman that wrote this, but uh, men. Uh, So, uh, De La Osa Izquierdo writes, quote, It is said that this character was invented by jealous men to frighten their unfaithful wives and instill terror. Ah, that makes sense, actually. But I don't understand how this but then she but she only attacks men huh right yeah i mean that is yeah it's it's kind of complicated so basically you have a character a woman who by no seemingly i'm gonna say by no fault of her own really uh got into this got murdered Mm -hmm. Which she didn't deserve. Like, if you're unfaithful, it's a really crappy thing to do. Yeah. But also talk to your wife, because there might be a fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's... It's your, the boss. Like, what are you supposed to say? Anyways. Uh, and then she turns into the monster. So I guess it's her murder and the curse that you will just walk around killing people for the rest of your life i don't see that i mean maybe through our eyes it's not a punishment i know that's because we're horrible human beings we're both like you want me to live by myself and terrify people yes (laughs) sign me up that sounds sounds awesome should i be unfaithful now (laughs) or in five minutes like what like (laughs) but but, yeah i think you're right it it it, that part ter- is supposed to terrify unfaithful wives or women in general, right? Because the yeah. punishment was so extreme and she's the one that's turned into the monster, not the boss or the husband, right? So, yeah. Like, we normal women <laughs> don't want to end up murdered and turned into uh, creatures of the dark. Yeah, and just a caveat, I don't want to end up murdered, yeah. but if I do end up murdered, I would love to be a monster, you know, yeah. like that's, that's goals, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. The, the second part of that, if, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind dying peacefully in my bed and then waking up as a monster. That would be perfect. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. But you know, yeah, that makes sense though. That this, but it makes sense. And a lot of, I feel like a lot of these female monsters are not in fact created by women. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah. But it's. A lot of folklore and a lot of oral legends are transmitted by women. That's always been my issue. Um, Yeah. Because, okay, let's think about it this way. And you brought this up earlier. The legend of La Llorona is what happened in this case, but to the guy, right? He was cheated on and he was like, someone was unfaithful to him. Um, But La Llorona, you know, is abandoned, kills her children, she turns into a monster. In the legend of the Patasola, the man is cheated on, kills his kids, and yet it's his cheating wife that is turned into a monster. Yeah, it just, it's kind of baffling, but again, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be logical. As you said, it's a patriarchal kind of legend. Mm -hmm. 
to scare women. Yeah, to scare women and, and, that and makes... to, to yeah scare women and scare men in different ways, right? So the idea, because both La Llorona and La Patasola have versions of the legend when where they appear beautiful to seduce men, right? Yes. So in those versions, it's almost a way to say, men, if you see beautiful women alone at night, don't think that they're innocent, right? They're obviously monsters oh. in disguise. So if you decide to attack them or if you decide to hit on them, then know they're monsters. So if, if, if you're violent with them, it's not a bad thing because they're monsters, right? So it's a way to say exactly. that all women, regardless of what they look like, are monsters and allow that level of violence. Yeah, and, and, and dehumanize women, yeah. correct, right? So, so then, of course, we have the appearance of La Patasola, right? So De La Osa Izquierdo writes, When observing the images, we can see that there is an evolution in the way the Patasola has been represented. From an expression predominantly associated with the plant world, through an expression strongly associated with the animal world. And finally, a version that tends to approach the human world, but without becoming fully human. So, all the components of her body, the hoof, the long arms, the tree stump, make her animalistic or part of nature, a non-human monster. Coding again from De La Osa Izquierdo, the elongated arms of the patasola imply a regression from a human to an animal stage. Psychologically, the elongated arms of the patasola imply a restriction in her ability to move in life, to see and become aware, and to see the world more widely, as well as its possibilities of creation that are given by the hands. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so she was talking... I also... Re- she... Oh, sorry. I also... I just have to say, I really like this, um, uh, this professor, Dr. Dr. Uh, de la Osa Izquierda's name. Yeah. <laughs> It is a good name. It's a great name. It's a great, great name. Yeah. But anyways, what were you going to say? No, uh, I just, I hadn't thought about the long arms being animalistic. But if you do break down all the parts of how she's described, even like the variations where she has snakes in her hair, right? Like she is such either a part of nature or an animal herself that there's no way yes. for her to ever be human again, right? She can't, there's no redeeming quality. There's no way to see her as a, a person, right? Which is how a lot of violence towards women happens, right? They are dehumanized. They're turned into objects or possessions, right? We can own an animal. We can't own a... We shouldn't own a human being, right? Exactly. People have done that, obviously. Um, yes. And it's it's really interesting. So, Patasola is sometimes described as missing a breast. Breasts are a sign of femininity, unfortunately. But they're also connected to a woman's ability to procreate. The fact that she is missing one reflects how she is flawed, a bad mother, and a bad woman. In the images in which the patasola appears with only one breast, she has a bone in her hand, as evidence that she ingested flesh, indicating her devouring quality. Which again, so cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I, yeah, I think one of the parts of the story that we haven't talked about is that a lot of people refer to her as a vampire right because in some versions she does eat or um eats flesh and i guess drinks the blood um i don't see her as a vampire like honestly if she's eating people maybe a cannibal 
But but yeah, that that's part but of what's terrifying. Is she really a cannibal if she's not really human? <laughs> this is we just found a, a cannibalism loophole. Fine. If you're exactly. if you're gonna treat me like an object, I'll eat you. It's not cannibalism. <laughs> It's not cannibalism, technically. You treated me like an object. I'm just going to devour you. Uh, So we wanted to conclude just by saying that in 2022, uh, so this year, there was a movie release called The Curse of La Patasola because they're borrowing from The Curse of La Llorona. I just, I hate it when they do that. But, and and we were going to watch it, but honestly, it looks really bad. And it it does. I I told Brenda we should watch it. It was my idea. (laughs) And then the more I looked into it, the more I was like, no, I'm not paying for this. Because <laughs> I remember you talking about it, and I was like, uh, are we supposed to watch this? You were like, no. Nah. Yeah. But, but, okay, so this is why. It seems like there are no Latinxes or Latin American folks involved in the film. Like, yikes. Honestly. Really? So then how did he even learn about this? That's crazy. I have no idea. So, so here's the IMDb synopsis. On a weekend camping trip, Two struggling couples are haunted by La Patasola, a famed vampiric monster from Amazonian folklore, testing their relationships, morality, and will to survive. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, (laughs) I don't know geography and nature very well, but the Andes are not the Amazonian jungles. No, I was actually... I was about to point out, I was like, wait, the Amazon? <laughs> yes. This doesn't make any sense. I know. So that's that's one of the reasons I was like, let's not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even get the geography right. right? Um, it's a direct-to-video movie, and usually I love those, but, you know, this one, I, I just don't know. Uh, the director is A.J. Jones, um, and he also wrote it or co-wrote it. This is his first feature film, and he's done a few shorts, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping listeners will watch this movie and let us know if we should watch it and do a review and really like hate on it. Do what is it? The mystery three thousand. Yeah, mystery science. Mystery theater, science theater. Yeah, if we should mystery science theater that shit. Um, yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, it looks horrible. I uh, I mean I'm glad you didn't make me watch it, but if you if people say they that it, they want to hear about it, I'd be happy to watch it. I'll just do some drugs and watch it. That that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, yeah I mean that's the only way to watch it at this point. Bad movies, right? honestly. So I wanted to also say uh, I don't know if you saw this Orgidea, but I did send this to you. But also there is a great song on YouTube for children. About the Patasola. Um, and I do uh, do a William Shatner reading of it at the start of the podcast. Because <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> I can't sing. But please listen to the actual song on YouTube. It's very cute. I will link it in the show notes. Uh, the animation is also really great. But I just want to kind of go over the lyrics with Orchidea. Because I just love how... Latin Americans, like us Latinos and Latinas, mm-hmm. Latinxes, you know, we just love cheery but grisly, grisly things, you know what I mean? We but sung in like a really cutesy way. Yeah. So, the song is like, uh, basically starts off with like, oh, here comes Pata Sola, right? And she goes after like men, bad men. Um, 
and she goes after men who kill animals. And... <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. Okay. It's so good, right? So, and then the part where she, What part are you laughing at? I mean, I just... All of, all of it is really good. But I just... I, I love the ecological turn this has taken. Cause yes, it's, like, it's very ecological. Because it's, you know, yeah, she's going to follow anybody that does any... Or gets into any trouble, like uh, mischief. So it's very, like, kitty in that way. Yes. And it's such a cutesy song, and the animation's so cute, too. And this line, this is my favorite. Se les come la carne, solo deja los, huevo, los huesos. <laughs> Freudian streets so, slip over there. Slip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Not huevos, not huevos, huesos. That's a delicacy. Se les, a delicacy. And then the next line is, se les chupa la sangre, porque sirven los rezos. Like... And it's saying in this cheery song, yeah. so to translate that for anyone who doesn't speak Spanish, it just says, um, to re- reiterate, because I did a reading of it in English, uh, she eats the flesh but leaves the bones. She drinks the blood. Um, but what does this mean? Porque sirven los rezos? Poco, poco uh, prayer. Poco, sorry. Prayer doesn't work. Oh, prayer doesn't work. Yeah, like, poco so, sirven means, like, they, they work very little. Prayers work very little. So it's, like... Oh, okay. To to, de, to basically save you from being, you know... Yeah. A, sin, a singularization or whatever it's called. Um, when you get, you know, all your blood sucked out. There's no um, word for that? Yeah. A senegua- a, oh, oh insanguination. Even, insanguination, thank yeah. you. Yes, there is a word for when all the blood in your body is sucked out. <laughs> Which... Why? Who knows? But love it. I'm sure it's German. I'm sure it's German in origin. <laughs> it is a good word. So, oh, this is a great song. We need to, okay. It's a great Tangent, song. we need to do an episode on creepy uh, Latin American um, children's rhymes or children's books. Because I have <gasps> a lot that my mom would read to me. And, and now I tell her, I'm like, you remember the one about the skeletons coming and dying and doing all these things she's like yeah that's how you learn to count because it was you know like one skeleton does this the second skeleton two skeletons do this so i need to find them and we can do that i love that idea because i remember my mom reading this story and she would read this story from the bible in spanish and it was about a bird and then the bird would die and that was the story and i don't remember anything else besides that but i remember it being really sad but i'd be like ma can you read that story to me again it's like let me read about the story about the bird being dead it's like why i know what you mean. why why are we like this <laughs> I, I mean it explains a lot about our personality let's let's be honest we wouldn't yeah, we no, wouldn't be, have this podcast if our parents hadn't traumatized us deeply <laughs> Exactly, exactly, you know. Oh my god, that's hilarious. But, that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. So thanks everyone for listening, as always. If you love what we do, please consider joining our Patreon to listen to exclusive episodes and any future news or merch we might have. We are working on those things. (laughs) So sorry, we're slow. But you can also support us by leaving a review. If you can't join our Patreon, please leave us a review. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. You can connect with us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, or on our website at monsterspodcast.com. We also have uh, a TikTok. Please do. 
Oh, we also have a TikTok. That's right. Yeah. We have a TikTok. Please join us on TikTok. You've been... <laughs> yes. And you've been doing so well, Orkidia. I love all your TikToks. I've been They're trying so really hard. I feel like the old lady that tries to be cool. So I'm just like, hey, fellow kids, I'm on TikTok. <laughs> but but uh, I do. I, I like the format a lot. Um, So please join us on TikToks. And if you have any videos on how to make TikToks better, send them my way. We would love to yeah, see them because I need them. Exactly. <laughs> if you have tips and tricks for us, please yes. let us know. <laughs> um, and we also wanted to thank all our amazing Patreon supporters. Thank you all for supporting us, including our two new Patreons, Monica L. and Kathleen W. Thank you so much for supporting. Yes. And I know we might have said Kathleen's name twice. I don't remember. But if it if we did, you know... Shout out to you, girl. Um, <laughs> we said it twice. But, uh, and I usually only use, like, I don't use full names of people because I'm paranoid. That's Anyways. Fair. Yes. And before we go, just a reminder, this month on Patreon, we, we are releasing an episode, or we did release an episode by the time this one comes out, uh, an episode about the alien incident in Brazil. <laughs> and apparently, it's a stinker. <laughs> I feel like that episode was so much fun to record, be- and and you put together grossness and aliens. I think two of your favorite things. It's so oh entertaining. <laughs> Literally, this this story is wild about stinky aliens. Like stinky aliens. Where else are you gonna read about stinky aliens? But from Latin America, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just brown, stinky. God damn, it just makes me laugh every time. But anyways, that is it. I'm gonna stop talking, and see you guys. And hopefully, stay safe, stay out of the forest, and don't let the pata sola devour you. It's that simple. Stay it's away. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Don't don't get tricked by beautiful women hanging out in the forest. Leave them alone. <laughs> If they're in the middle of the forest by themselves, unless they're asking for help, let them be. Let them be. Let them be. All right. Bye. Bye.